0: Give it up for the worship team. Give it up for the worship team. I want to brag on them a little bit, just a little bit, okay? These guys are talented. These guys are gifted. They have a voice. You see, I think when, when we see uh, Pastor Dan up here and his team, and they're leading us in worship, I think they're just amazing. They're able to go to a microphone and, and, you know, just let it go, right? almost to let it rip, but let it go. Right? you got to let it go. And here's the thing. They were they're gifted. They were blessed with that. And when I look at my life, I'm like, okay, what was I blessed with? I was blessed with a, with, with a loud voice. So I was blessed with a very loud voice. And you know what? I, you don't want me to in front of a microphone, and, but I'm still going to worship, and it's not going to stop me from what I'm doing. But when you think about your voice, I think it's a great instrument. It's a great tool that God really gifted us with. I mean, when it comes to voices, we have different pitches, we have different sounds, um, deeper, uh, uh, higher. There's so many types of voices that we have. God created us in a unique way with different types of unique voices. Uh, There was a couple of times where I'm in the room with Madi and, like, we have people over and there's a few babies that are in the house. And some of you guys might be able to testify to this one. There's a few babies in the house and a baby cries. And, like, they all listen. Oh, that's my baby. And they walk over there. And I'm like whoa because they recognize moms recognize the children's voice or if it's just a cry children's cry like we have four children and Maddie's really good at that's Malaya that's Malaya (laughs) I mean you can easily pinpoint it and she listens to the voice because Maddie knows her daughter's voice she knows all her children's voice and I think a lot of parents can testify to that as well that that you guys know your children's voice you just know when something's up by just just a little bit of a pitch from their, their their vocal cords. We know that something's going on in their in that moment, and we run to it to help them out. But we are all created with unique types of voices. Some of us again loud and soft, but then you have God's voice. I want to say God's voice, and I want to talk to you guys about that a little bit. Hearing God's voice, okay? And God's voice can really be misinterpreted every once in a while. Hey, Nate. God's voice can be uh, interpreted every once in a while, uh, uh, mistakenly, as this booming thunder that's coming at us. Now, Scripture does show us he does that, but for some reason, the world portrays him as as someone we have to fear and be afraid of. Not fear and reverence, but fear and being afraid of, and that we're going to be in trouble. We're like this ant, and, and God's like this little boy, ready to burn us and crush us. And that's not true. That's not true at all. Because in first kings, it tells us that that god God is a whisper, a whisper and in 1 uh, sorry yeah first kings we have elijah elijah where where he is running for his life because they're pursuing to kill him because he's a prophet he's one of the last prophets alive. he runs for his life, but God encounters him at the moment, and then the scripture says that that God wasn't in the earthquake, God wasn't in the, uh, in, in the storm, God wasn't in the fire, but God is at whisper. And I believe this, the reason why God is a whisper is because he's that close to you. He doesn't need to be booming loud from a distance. He whispers because he's right there. He's right next to you guys. In John chapter 10... In John chapter 10, verse 27, 28, it says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one, everyone say no one, no, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus leaves us a perfect example of that, where, where he's all, the ultimate shepherd. But there is a one, there's one point in his life where he's the sheep, where he's walking this world. He's walking this world, and he's listening. He's listening to his great shepherd. And God is directing Jesus' footsteps when he's here on this world to every step that he needs to take. And it started when he was a child. I mean, he was lost for a little bit at a, little, at a young age. And his mom and dad, Joseph and Mary, didn't even realize it until three days later. But God was shepherding him. God was leading him to something. And during those three days when, when mom and dad were in panic mode, Jesus was over here getting teach, teachings. And then he started speaking these teachings out. And he says, my, again, he's, it's, it's my sheep hear my voice. We stop there for a second. You see, when you hear the voice of God, this is not a past tense or even future. It's the present. It's now. God whispers because he wants you to know. Like, for instance, I'm here right now, okay? I'm speaking to you guys right now. Now, next week or two weeks or three weeks from now, you can go to the online and and get an audio and listen to this sermon exactly the way it is. But you're listening when it was past tense. But right now, when God speaks, as of right now, he penetrates now. He whispers right now because he says, I am a God that is in the presence. Don't worry about tomorrow because I'll still be there right? I'll still be there. But here's the thing. There's a difference between hearing and there's a difference between listening. My children hear me. I know they do. (laughs) You guys know where I'm going, right? My children hear me, but it takes training for them to listen to me. It takes training. For them. So in, in a sense, we're in that same boat. We, boat, we can hear God, but during our, our, our life, our, the course that we take, the journey that we go on, we have to discipline ourselves to listen because it is a choice. It really is a choice. Like if I ask my, my son to uh, take the trash out, okay, I'll take the trash out. But he has a choice now. Do I do it or not? Do I listen to that or not? Or I can say, you know, Joshua, Malaya, Mila, Jeremiah nothing. It's their choice. They hear something, but they're not in tune. They do a great job, by the way. just, you know, bragging to my children. But Jeremiah is now going to be eight months next week, okay? For the first three, four, five months, we would say, Jeremiah, 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 you know, nothing. He hears something, but he's not in tune. He's at the stage now where at eight months, he's recognizing his name, okay? Jeremiah, and he, he... I just heard something. Then mommy speaks. Jeremiah, he, he comes over here. He's starting to learn to listen. And it's, obviously it's baby steps, you know, and it's, it is, he is an infant. But he's starting to process and learn. And it's because that he's got to grow. It's because he's got to continue to mature in his listening skills. And that's why, I mean, teachers, you hear it repeat, repetitive. Cartoons get it. Sesame Street gets it. We need to get it now. The church needs to understand that, and and it creates this endurance and this patience in us with our children. But most importantly, God is that patient person in our lives. He's patient when we don't listen. We hear, we know, we see see what Scripture says, but it is on us, it is our decision, everyone say decision, Decision. to to listen to God. I'm going to do a little illustration with you guys. I like doing illustrations, so... I want everyone to yell out amen real quick. One, two, three. Amen. Okay, so everyone's voices are working. Good. Okay, on the count of three, on the count of three, I want everyone as loud as you can. Don't, don't you, know, you know, be so abrupt, but be loud, be vocal. Uh, I want you to yell uh, your favorite ice cream on the count of three. Okay? One, two, three. Amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys hungry? Okay, here we go. So here's the thing. We're going to do that again, okay? But before we do it again, I'm going to explain something to you. Did you hear what your neighbor said? The majority of you guys say no, right? Because we just heard noise. Okay. Now you're going to do the same thing, but you're going to look at your neighbor. And if you don't know your neighbor, just introduce yourself real quick. Look at your neighbor, and we're going to do it all over again, okay? On the count of three, say your favorite ice cream. Look at your neighbor. Here we go. One, two, three. Okay. Some of you guys catch that? You know your, your neighbor's favorite ice cream? All right. Okay, we got that. Here we go. So I heard a bunch of noise. But the second time, I looked at Madi, and I focused on her, and she said, Rocky Road. At the same time, I focused on Danny, Pastor Danny, and he said, Vanilla. <laughs> I was able to catch it twice. The difference between hearing and listening is that we're focused now. Okay? We're focused. Now, we, we heard a bunch of noise the first round. We heard something, but then when we decided to focus and listen to our neighbor, now we can buy them ice cream later, right? <laughs> no? Okay. But he, we we're able to find out exactly what their favorite thing was. And again, that's exactly how God trains us and teaches us. We hear sometimes, God, we know what his scripture says, but we have to learn to listen. And that's a key word. We have to learn to listen. Say, learn to listen. Now, we go to Romans chapter 10. Uh, Verse 17, it says this, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ or the word of God, in other words. And here's the thing, when you apply, when you come into relationship with our God, our, our shepherd, all right, Jesus Christ, when you apply focus, when you apply listening to our hearing, our faith grows. Our faith is produced. So now we're learning how to listen to God. We're learning how to do uh, what God wants us to do. It's exactly what Jesus did when he came out of the Jordan River after he was baptized. I mean, if you don't know the story, in a nutshell, you know, Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. All right, he comes out, the heavens open up, a dove comes down, and God speaks. And he says, man, I love him. Well, I mean, I'm paraphrasing our, our, our time. But he's saying, I am well pleased with my son. He's obeying me. And from that point forward, his ministry started. I think I talked a little bit about that last week. But but here's the thing. Jesus, the reason why Jesus walked this world and was able to endure so much to the point that he went all the way to the cross was because he was simply listening to the Father. See, I mean, you can see accounts where Jesus, actually there's one account where he's in the Garden of, of Gethsemane and it's right before he's about to get crucified. Like he's about to go and fulfill what he was called to do here in this world. And the Bible says that he prayed in the garden and pretty much was stressed out and said, God, take this cup away from me. In other words, he's saying, God, if there's another way to do this, please let's do something else. But at the end of that prayer, he says, But not my will, your will. What caused him to endure that? What caused him to be bold enough to to do that? He was listening to the voice of God. He was the sheep and his heavenly father was the shepherd and he led him this way. Now, it doesn't make sense when we look at it through our perspective and our natural eyes, okay? We see something that's terrible and horrible to an innocent man. We see that. Horrible death. One of the worst times you should, could ever live during that time. Crucified at the cross, whipped. They usually would do 39. He got the 40, the full deal. But what, but what happens is that there's a bigger picture. Now, that was our perspective, but through God's perspective, there's a bigger picture. And because of what Jesus did, we are here today. We are here today because one man, Jesus Christ. The Son of God, 100% God, 100% man, listened to the voice of his heavenly Father. You also see this in Peter, one of his 12 disciples. Uh, There's a story in Matthew, and I believe in Mark, where Peter walks on water. You see, Peter is in a boat. They're in a storm, and here comes Jesus walking on water. They got terrified, and Jesus calls Peter out to the water to do the impossible, and Peter does it. Okay, Peter, Peter's now walking and doing this thing. He's walking on water. You see, he heard the voice of his shepherd, and, and he knew it was impossible, and his life could have been on the line. But here's the thing. Peter didn't care because he knew his shepherd's voice, and he got out of his comfort zone. He got out of the boat, and he walked. But I want to kind of explain something to you guys real quick, okay? Who's ever tried to walk on water? I mean, just seriously, because I, I did. I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> Who's ever tried to, so don't be ashamed, don't leave me by myself, okay? Who's ever, okay, so we try to like see what I can do, you know? Just playing around At one point. But here's the thing, water can't hold you up. H2O can't, unless it's ice and it's frozen, water cannot hold you up. So then how did Peter do it? Explain that. Well, it was the words of Jesus that he was standing on, not water. The words of Jesus... His shepherd, the voice of God, he was listening to, he was in tune, and he was focused. And that's what kept him above the water. Water wasn't doing it. Water can't do it. It is the voice of God. It is the words of Jesus Christ that kept them afloat. But then there's another voice. There's another voice that comes. And this voice tries to steal, kill, and destroy. This voice comes in doubt. This voice comes in fear. And so this other voice interrupts Peter and him in tune with his shepherd. And when this doubt voice comes up and when this fear voice comes out, then all of a sudden he's no longer standing on the words of his shepherd. He's standing on the words of fear and doubt. And then water kicks in. And then what happens? He sinks. Because another voice came in. To disrupt that. And I want to talk to you guys also about discerning those voices, all right? Discerning the voice. Now, our everyday battle is here. Not here, here. When you're in Jesus, this is won already. It says you're a guaranteed deposit the moment. You have my spirit in you. You are a citizen in heaven. If you don't understand that, it's like you put a down payment or you put a deposit on your apartment. It's guaranteed yours and it's locked no matter who else tries to negotiate a deal. It is yours because you put those $200 there. Right? That's exactly what the Spirit of God is to us. The moment we have the Holy Spirit living in our heart, you are a guaranteed citizen in heaven. You are guaranteed you're gonna be there. But there is a there is a process of life that you still have to learn and grow in. In Christ. Okay, so here comes the the, the other voice now. Now we know about the voice of our shepherd, but there is a voice of, of, of the devil, the Satan, the enemy. Okay, that he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And the number one thing he goes to is battle. And, and, and Satan's pretty crafty. He's sly is what Genesis says. And what he does is this, okay? He tries to creep in to your battlefield because the battlefield, he understands, like, I can't get to this, my heart, but I'm gonna definitely do everything I can to get to here so they can forfeit this. And so the enemy comes with his voice in fear and in doubt. And he comes trying to do what he can do to destroy you, to make you feel like you're down in the dumps, that you are out, that you are disqualified, that Jesus doesn't love you. This is not for you. Healing's not yours. What are you talking about? Who's ever been down in the dumps before? I have. Just being real. Now, back in the day, I I used to love the, the movie Matrix. I have this cool clip for you guys to check out. So check it out real quick. fighting. you believe you're fighting for something, for more than your survival? Can you tell me what it is? Do you even know? Is it freedom or truth? Perhaps peace? Could it be for love? Illusions, Mr. Anderson. Vagaries of perception. Temporary constructs of a feeble human intellect trying desperately to justify an existence that is without meaning or purpose. And all of them as artificial as the Matrix itself. Although, only a human mind could invent something as insipid as love. You must be able to see it, Mr. Anderson. You must know it by now. If you can't win, it's pointless to keep fighting. Why, Mr. Anderson, why, why do you persist? Because I choose to. This is a perfect illustration of how the enemy works in our lives. I mean, you're down, you're out, you're hurting right now, you know, and, and the enemy's saying, why, why would you stand? Why would you continue this road with Jesus? He, if he's such a good God, then why are you going through this? Why, why, why? Why? And when we rely on the strength of Christ, when we rely, when we know our identity, when we know who we are, we look at him and say, because I choose to. It's exactly what Jesus did before he went to Calvary. The enemy tempted him, said, I'll give you all this and more if you bow to me. He says, no, get behind me. You're planning to suffer through all this? I choose to. We are in problems. We are in a, a, a rough time right now with this way this world is functioning because God wants us to rise up and choose to live for Christ. What the enemy tries to do is this. He, he, he throws distractions as you're walking this process with, with God. He throws distractions. And what distractions are It's literally to draw away from your focal point. In this case, to draw away from Jesus. That's what a distraction is. And it can, it can be anything. I mean, the enemy would throw anything. and He'll throw the kitchen sink at you, if he can. Because he's trying to distract you, to pull you away. He understands the battlefield here. Totally understands it. I mean, you have accounts in the Bible where, where people face this battlefield. I mean, you look at Eve in the beginning. Eve had a battlefield, and she questioned herself. She questioned God. Because of what the enemy did, he got to the battlefield. You look at Moses, and Moses was called to go free slavery, the slaves of Egypt, but he, he he was doubting himself. He was doubting, like me? No. Then you look at you look at Samson. All right, the voices he had to learn to discern, but because of the wrong voice he heard and listened to, he defeated himself. There are voices that we're going to have to discern. Everyday life, everyday problems that we're going to go through. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we got to hear voices. Like, I'm not saying that whatsoever. If you do, please, like, call me up or something. Let me know, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there are these things, decisions that we have to make in our lives, but we have to discern what's God and what's not God. What door did God open? What door did God did not open say, keep it closed? You see where we came from is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, and you who once were alienated and hostile-minded. At one point of our life, guys, before Jesus, we were, we were a foreigner to God. We were strangers to God. We were hostile against God's ways. I don't want to do it that way. He says, once you were at that point doing evil deeds, it was producing bad choices in our lives. But now we're in a new life, a new covenant with Jesus Christ. And at this point, God is just kind of showing us where we're at and where we used to be. And the devil's mission is to make us go back to that, to remember those days when we disqualified ourselves, to remember why we, uh, why, where we came out of, to forget who we are and our identity. And we have to learn to, to, to uh, uh, discern those voices. And he wants us to totally steal our identity. And in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it tells us to take captives of those type of thoughts. It says take captives. I love picturing things. When I see captive, like take captive, I don't know why, but I, I kind of think of myself as a cowboy. I don't know why. Not a Dallas cowboy, but a cowboy. <laughs> I would never do that. So <laughs> I love you guys though. <laughs> we'll pray later. So I mean we look at, we we look at uh those, I look, I look at those times. And I'm like, okay, cowboy, rope, and I just see like these little people i I can't explain it and i and i but I, i take them captive and i and i and i rope them together and then i just throw them away weird weird illustration but that's how i see it and i get it god's saying take those evil thoughts take those thoughts that you're still facing when he when the enemy says why why would you stand up why would you continue this road why you take those thoughts you speak over them. You take those thoughts. You lasso those things, and you throw them in the sea of forgetfulness forever. Because he says take captive of those thoughts. We need to be bold. We need to have boldness in our life. And I just learned this last week. This is pretty cool. Boldness is literally recognizing the devil's lies then speaking truth over it. That's what boldness is. It's not being brave. It's not an absence of being nervous. That's not what boldness is. It's recognizing the devil's voice. And it's speaking truth to him. That's what Jesus did all the time. When he was fasting, he says, Eat this and change these rocks into bread, eat it. And he came right back with the mass scripture. But then the devil comes back with the mass scripture. Then Jesus sets him straight and says, Get behind me. Don't test my God. Don't test my Father. When you guys face those situations, when you're in the midst of something like that, you take captive of those thoughts because your identity says you are a co heir We were just singing how the great I am. We were just singing that. Not only should we sing it, we should live it. We should declare it because the great I am is living in us. We need to continue on outside of a Sunday, outside of the four walls. And after, after that, we go to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26, and it says this. Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight following my ways. So we've learned to so far to learn how to listen with our hearing and and to discern the voices. But the last part, the last step is is really on us and how, how we react to this. And it's obeying the voice. Now we have a choice to listen to the voice. It's exactly what we need to do. Obedience starts with simply, simply surrendering our heart you don't have to do much but the biggest mistake that we make is trying to be obedient in our strength and in our power and in who we are i remember one time i was driving it was back in bible school this was like 2008 i was driving uh i worked for maintenance on my ministry i did the grounds you know that whole deal and it was a rainy day And I remember I was driving the the, the company truck, the the church truck, and as I'm driving, I I, I don't even remember what the problem was, but I I made a mistake. And I'm like, man, God, I'm so sorry. And I'm driving in the rain on campus, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Lord. I didn't, I I won't mess up. And this is the exact words that came out of my mouth. I'll be perfect for you, Jesus. I'll be perfect for you, God. And I never heard God speak so loud. And He said, if you want to be perfect, then you don't need my son. I am not joking. Like I break the mid just stopped. I said, no, I'm not saying that God. I'm not saying that when we aim for perfection in our personal life to try to get every, to never make a mistake, we will always fall short. We will live a life of disappointments. We will live a life. Because God's word says that we are righteous, not because of my obedience or your obedience, we have been made righteous, or in other words, right standing before God. We have been made righteous because of his obedience, because of Jesus' obedience and what he did. See, when we when we set in ourselves, when we when we try to be perfect on our own terms and who we are, we're always going to be on our knees repenting. I'm so sorry, God. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But God's saying, I need you to take that energy, that focus, and rest in my son's obedience. On, Our minds don't get it. Our minds don't, can't, can't comprehend that because it doesn't make sense in the natural. But also, Peter walking on water doesn't make sense. Right? Jesus fasting for 40 days doesn't make sense. What we're going through doesn't make sense. Because it has nothing to do with the natural point of view. It all has to do with the supernatural point of view of God's big picture. We see a slice of pizza. He's got the whole pie. He's got the whole pie. He made the pizza, and he made it really good. Any topping you want, it's there. That's what Jesus did for us. But it requires us to obey God's word. He's, again, going back to Proverbs twenty three twenty six. it says, Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. He says, look, when you follow me, man, it's going to be pleasant. It's going to be joyful. And if you're not walking that, reevaluate your your thinking in your life. See where we're at. Seriously, I challenge you guys. I challenge myself on a daily basis. I miss it. I mess up. But, man, I rest in God's obedience. And because of God's obedience, I'm here. Not here, but I'm here on this world ready for eternal life, and trying to take everybody with me. See, because what's better than going to heaven It's taking your family and friends with you. That's what's better than going to heaven alone. Don't focus on your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. Make mistakes, but learn from them. Because we're going to make those mistakes. When you look at the shepherd, when Jesus and, and, and the shepherd he left a great example, okay? We are those sheep here. I read this book called Way of the Shepherd, and I'm still kind of in it right now. And it talked about shepherding really sh- real sheep, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> the stuff that they do. Like, I'm just like, man, you open this Kool-Aid. Like, it's just, it's a very detailed, but he's shepherding those sheep. It's not just sitting there with the stick, the staff, and just, you know, Looking out for wolves, and then oh, there's a wolf, I'm out here. You know, none of that. That's not what a shepherd does. Shepherd maintenances, nurtures, shows the way. Come on, let's be honest. Sheep are pretty dumb. <laughs> I mean, they're just ba-ba-bah. <laughs> That's all they're doing. And then they huddle together. But when the shepherd speaks, let's go this way, boys, they follow. They recognize the voice. They reckon, Guys, there are times where we're going to be ignorant to things. Not in a mean way. We just don't know. But God knows. God knows the way. And when he says, come on, children, this way, we don't try to figure it out. We, that's not our job. He says, follow. Follow me. Don't look for clarity. Allow him to give you direction on what you do and where you go. We are like those sheep. Obeying God's voice leads us, guys, in a, in a life that is totally, totally, totally different than what we're living today. You're going to stick out is what I'm saying. You're going to be well known in front of everybody. People are going to say, man, you know, why are you like that? You know, they're, they're going to. They're going to do that, and that's the given. Jesus says, this is pretty much your opportunity to be a light for me. This is pretty much an opportunity for you to do and what you got to do to follow my voice, lead the way, endure some sufferings. That's okay. They're called problems, but guess what? I won this whole thing, and I'm living in you. It's yours. But we have to take it. We have to own it. We have to obey it. We simply have to obey it. Again, how Jesus endured sufferings in this world was by hearing, following than obeying the voice of his father. And that's why he's sitting on the right hand of our heavenly father. Close it up with this, guys. I love this verse, okay? Because it's direct and it's straight to the point. Get ready. Psalms 95.7. Listen to God's voice today. That's it. Simple. Listen to God's voice today. You guys all have an opportunity. Maybe you're living for Jesus already. That's awesome. But maybe you're not right now. Maybe you're too hard on yourself and you've been trying to rely on your own obedience and you've been feeling like I'm falling short from God every single day. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> you are. You know, I've heard before and Pastor Danny and I were talking like about a couple of months ago on this and we were just talking about the Holy Spirit. And I love what Pastor Danny said, He says, people have come up to him and said, man, it is so hard to be a Christian. It's so hard to be a Christian. And I love Pastor Danny's response. It's not hard, it's impossible. It is impossible to to, to be a Christian. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Burden lifted, perspective, focused. I get it, it has never been about us guys has never been about us. It's always been about him. The reason why we have to listen, learn to listen, the reason why we have to discern, the reason why we have to obey, because the big vision, the big picture, the whole slice of pie is to take the two eternal things in this entire world. In other words, I'm saying everything else is going to burn and perish one day, but two things will last forever. The word of God people one way or another we're stepping into eternity and jesus says i got a mission for you i want you to take the two eternal things the word of god and people and i want you to bring them together for my glory for my righteousness church it's time to rise up it's not time just to go with the motions go with the good feeling get a good Sunday in and then (laughs) dread Monday. This is not what we're called for. We're called to rise up. God has designed you and built you and equipped you to do his work and his will and his way. And when you say, man, how am I going to do that? It seems impossible. Adjust your focal point, look at Jesus and start walking on water and watch him do the rest. It is not up to you to accomplish it. It is up to you to obey it. That is a good exchange right there. It is obedience. When you look at the armor of God, he gave us the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, gospel of peace and shoes. Then he gave us some offensive, defensive weapons, face shield, sword. You're ready to go to battle. But there is one spot that God did not cover. Think about it for a second. One spot, God did not armor up. And that's your back. And it was for two reasons. Number one, he didn't design you to retreat. He designed you to to follow in battle. And number two, he's got your back. He's got your back. It is time. Be moved by the spirit of God. It is time to to not look and try to make things uh, in perspective or try to make sense of things. It is time just to obey. And it's going to be kind of funky. It's going to look a little weird. It's going to take you a direction that you weren't planning to go. But you need to trust in him. And allow him to lead you every step of the way. And when you don't, when it doesn't make sense, and when you feel like you're down and out, and when you hear that other person saying, why, why, why would you stand up? Why would you fight? Why would you uh, live for Jesus? Look him in the face. And you say, because I choose to. Let's all close our eyes and bow our head for a second. I'm going to give you guys two invitations, Okay. Number one invitation is this, you don't know Jesus or you don't know the real Jesus. There you go. Maybe he was introduced to you in a way that you never thought looked a little bit more scary, but today you've realized, man, he, he just wants your heart and you want to, you want to give your life to him. Well, the Bible says that if in, in Romans chapter 10 verse nine, if you believe with your heart and confess your action now, confess With your mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. Well, saved from what, Jesse? (laughs) Saved from eternal separation from God. That's what you're saved from. That's for you. He says, All you got to do is take that step and commit to me. Number two invitation is this you know, Jesus you've lived for jesus but lately you've been doing your own thing you've been walking away you've been frustrated i believe a lot of people here and this is not me talking i believe this is god talking there's people here that are depressed right now they're facing depression they're entering dep- It's dark and it's just simply lonely and jesus saying no. Jesus saying, hey, when when, when one sheep's lost, I leave the flock so I can pursue that one sheep. You're that one sheep. He just wants you to come home. But it requires an act of obedience on you. Those two invitations, on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand if you want to take that step. One, I need Jesus in my heart. Two, I'm going to come back to Jesus. Three, lift your hand up right now. There you go. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there, I see you. God bless you over there too. And you over there. Someone is wrestling right now with the thought. Let me me give you a little perspective. The enemy is in your battlefield right now. He's in your mind trying to stop you from doing this. I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds. It's time to break that and overcome that. I need Jesus is what you're saying. Lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. For those that lifted their hands, look at me for a second. For those that lifted their hands, I'm going to do something very bold here. I'm going to ask you guys to come forward. I want to pray for you specifically, and I want to give you the right tools in your hands so you can still. So please come up. And everybody else, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. And face me, please. Face me. Face me. Guys, these guys are doing something huge. Support them. This is what God has been talking about this whole time. People that just want Jesus and need to realize that I need him. I need him. Every one of you guys look at me for a second. Hard, but you did it. You're here. And these guys are just supporting you. Again, the Bible says that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. And I wanna simply just lead you guys in that. Is that okay? Can I just simply lead you guys? All right. Hey, church, can you just extend your hand in faith and just say, hey, I'm backing these guys up. I'm imitating my God. I got their back as well. I want you guys to put one hand over your heart, one hand to the sky, and I want you to repeat after me and mean this with all your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you broken and hurt. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. You gave me healing, but most importantly, you rose again three days later. Forgive me for all the wrong I've committed against you. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Fill me to the brim and overflow. God, my life, help me to listen to your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's children says, amen. Congratulations, guys.